This is episode number 627 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the show. Thank you for downloading, tuning in, watching on YouTube. If that's what you're doing, we appreciate you guys. We also appreciate our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. Please do hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com. Check out what is going on over there. Food is still being delivered, still tastes good. You need it. Hello at smithstreetpaleo.com. This Sunday, we roll again, similar format to last week, where we tuned in to the Inner Fight Endurance Sunday sessions, where Tom and I were talking all about crossing Wahiba. This week, as you see from the title, we are talking about Into the Darkness challenges, where they started, what we've done, and the epic fails that Tom and I had at trying to conquer the 50-50-50 last year. It's almost that time of year, though, where we go back out for the 50-50-50 challenge. Will you join us? Maybe this show will inspire you. No matter where you are in the world, thank you for tuning in. This is the Sunday Sessions from NFI Endurance, all about Into the Darkness. Enjoy the show. And um, actually, luckily, I had a camel back, but we're about five or six hours, no, not five, about three hours without water. <laughs> anyway, we listen, this thing started in 2015, as you can see there. Um, and I just thought it'd be good to be able to run 50 Ks in 50 degree heat. So this was in like July or August when I first tried to do it. And the picture on the sort of left there is early morning. There's a little bit of a theme here. I've just noticed that uh, Jack is the guy in blue. He's been around a while, Jack. <laughs> he keeps on <laughs> coming and doing silly things with me. And yeah, I, I wanted to run 50 kilometers in 50 degree heat. I told a few people to come and we started early morning. Kasim got the car stuck. And I think it took about six hours to get to the end. I think about 15 minutes. are going to say to get the car out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about 15 of us started and three of us actually finished it. Um, those are the no Al Qudra. The bit from the mosque back to Zad's was awful. Um, that was where we got the highest temperature. It got to 54 degrees and it was absolutely brutal. Um, and it, it was kind of what I wanted it to be. And I was like, yeah, we'll we'll do this every year. This is a, this is a good idea. So yeah, five years ago, that's, that's when this whole sort of 50, 50, and it started as 50 Ks in 50 degree heat. Go. Not, Not um, 50, 50, 50 into the darkness as was in 2017. Yeah. So 2017, 2016, actually, I think I just ran it on my own with, and, and Carlin started with me um, for the first two or three hours. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. That might've been 2017 or I was just riding too much. And then actually 2017, we were, Rob and I were, were preparing to go and ride in, in Chamonix. And we're like, let's do a camp before we go. And I was like, yeah, but let's do it in, in the darkness. And there's obviously a lot around darkness and stuff. And actually, this was, um, this was the last day, I believe, of Ramadan, or it was during Ramadan. And the objective was, was quite straightforward. It, it says it in the poster there. Basically start at sunset and go up and down Jebel Hafeet as many times as you can, either by bike or by running. Um, through the night and quite a few people. Well, you can see on the top there, the amount of people that started Boz is in that picture somewhere as well. There was quite a few people that cycled and then there was a few that ran uh, Heidi Jones, Rob's wife, I think ran it three times up and down back to back and Rob, because he's such a good husband, he did a few rides and a run with his wife. Um, <laughs> which I absolutely crucified him for on the last ascent because his legs were absolutely 
smash. So that was quite good fun. We went up and down it for, yeah, through the night. And it's like, the thing about Jebel Hafid is I guess the gradient on a bike and, and also running is so sort of savage. There's no, there's no real respite at all. Like it's just, it's steep, mate, the whole way, right? You, you haven't ridden that much on it. Um, uh, no, once actually. Only once. That's, that's awful. Ridden Sorry. once, run once. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's just incredibly steep the whole way on a bike. So you, you're literally, it doesn't really take that long. It takes about an hour, an hour and 20. But obviously middle of summer, it was hot, it was humid. And the, the gang at the bottom of that picture are the only people that were left. That was taken just before, um, just before sunrise. So everyone else had gone and actually Hollywood had come down. I think she'd run and then she went and checked into the hotel halfway through the night which was great and into the hot time machine hotel yeah so but it was um yeah that was that, that was pretty pretty decent it was good to do something through the night it was good to do something you know that's just it's quite we parked at the top and obviously you descend down and then it's you against the mountain pushing the pedals and you're playing all these games power can i maintain the same power and I actually had a client that had, for some training, he'd ridden up it 10 times in the course of 24 hours. So obviously I was trying to beat his score in 12 hours. <laughs> and it didn't work out too well. So that was, uh, yeah, that was 2017, mate. Vintage year. Vintage year. You, look, um, you look pretty well in the pain cave there, to be fair. Yeah, so this is this was this was what I was actually talking about. I'm glad I knew you were going to use this picture. So literally, um, I'd ridden with Rob a little bit, and then he decided to run. And I think I did three like back to back. I didn't rest; just just went for it because I was like, I'll get as many as I can in my legs whilst I'm fresh. It's a funny rationale, but it, it kind of worked out. And then. Um, yeah, and then Rob went and ran one, and he's like, I'll come with you on the last one. I was like, oh, yeah. And we get down, and this is, we're just having a war. We're just absolutely trying to destroy each other. But he's obviously sat on my wheel, and he actually looks a lot more comfortable here than I am. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, not here fair. to defend he's, himself. Yeah, he's not. I can't. It's not fair. But he would he yeah, arrived at the top alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, I mean, this is, I think this was actually, this was, I don't think this was the last one. And it was probably, probably the best one, which set us up real good. We went about a week or 10 days later, we went to Chamonix, which was, that's exactly what we we're planning to ride this July with, with, with some of the guys, obviously, that are on this, on this now and, and some other people. We, me and Rob have already been there and checked out all the routes and we had a lot of fun together on the bike. So, and this was quite special. I think Munim took this picture, not Carlin. Um, and it was, I think actually this, this challenge was the first challenge that Ehrman came on with me. And, and, and I remember I was laid, I think I had like, I'd done four climbs and I was laid in the car park, literally on my back, a bit messed up. And, I knew that the shop at the top of Jebel Hafeet was open. And I just said to him, I said, mate, just don't get me two ice creams. <laughs> and um, he, he sort of looked at me a bit funny because I think he'd only been working for us for, for a couple of months. And yeah, it was the first time he'd seen me in a little bit of trouble. And uh, I said, yeah, just bring me two ice creams. And he brought me two Magnums. Yeah, they, I mean, they melted real fast, mate, but I, I, I banged them both and made a cup of coffee and got straight back on the bike and went and did another one. And it was, um, yeah, he, I think he wondered, like, what, what, what is this with this ice cream? It must be something really special. <laughs> I had to explain to him later that that wasn't really the done thing. It's like when people say, oh, yeah, you guys eat Snickers. But yeah, sometimes. So, yeah, it was a good, it was fun. That was a lot of fun that day. Coca-Cola last week, 
Ice creams this week. Yeah, isn't it? This is terrible. Next week. <laughs> Colin asked, out the worst in my nutrition. Yeah. Colin <laughs> asked, what were your safety measures? That place gets bonkers at night. Do you remember yeah. any incidents? Yeah, it, it, it does get quite busy. Um, mate, to be honest, and this is kind of the thing with these, with these challenges, we don't have any safety measures in place really. Um, which doesn't, you know, which doesn't really sound very good, but when you're on a mountain like that, people are spread out all over the place. You know, we ask that people come to these challenges and make sure that they're well conditioned to be able to complete them. Um, there was some cars, some of them were driving too fast. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think because it was like the, the last day of Ramadan or it was in Ramadan that I'm, I'm pretty sure because um, I remember Munim was actually fasting and he didn't eat and he didn't eat the whole night. And I was like, you're not hungry. He's like, yeah, I'm really hungry. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, mate. So he went like two days of fasting. So yeah, there wasn't. Charlie says, what's your fastest and slowest ascent? I don't know. Um, sorry. I'll, I'll find out. I, I was actually looking at the file of this earlier, wasn't I? I was pulling out because I, I wanted to check how many climbs I'd done. Um, but I, he, here you go. So within 12 hours, I did six climbs. It was a little bit less than 12 hours because it got light at 4.30 and it got dark at 7.30. So you can kind of figure it out from that. And so I did six ascents. Amani says, I know all about ice cream for the clients. Maybe we should tell that story, Amani, on a Sunday session sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually quite like to hear that too. <laughs> Maybe we should just have a session of when you, when you ate bad food to get you through. That could be quite good fun. <laughs> Every weekend of 2020, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Then 2018 happened back to Al Qudra. Yeah, so I was trying to I was actually I know I know what happened. I know why this happened. So he's not here again, but it's kind of Rob's fault. I think it might have been when we were driving down to Jebel Hafeet one day, if not the day in 2017 on the 22nd of June. We were we were talking about I think we were already talking about what the next into the darkness could be and we started having a conversation around this. I'm pretty sure it was down on, in 2017. And we started talking about like, what could we do next year? Would this be a good one? I was like, mate, we need to finish today. But yeah, let's talk about next year already. And we got to, to, to this, which was 50K. Like we said, do we think we can finish a 50K bike ride, a 50K run around Al Qudra, and then a 50K bike ride in those hours of darkness? This was definitely on the last day of Ramadan. Um, and so that's when the conversation started. So before 2017 challenge had actually even finished, 2018 challenge had, had been made. And I, I thought we could, but I thought it'd be sort of quite tight. And um, yeah, we, saw, we, we put it out. And I think this was, I mean, this was literally, mate, you, you came and you, you started working for us just to coincide with, with this, with this timing, right? This was the challenge that decided the date that I was going to come out here. Yeah. Uh, it was why, literally why, started why the day before. <laughs> Sounded fun. I didn't want to miss out. <laughs> I remember you saying, what date do you want to start? I think you thought I want, would want a summer off. And I just said, what dates the 50, 50, 50? Cause that's what you talked to me about in when we'd run in London. Yeah, right. And uh, you said it's whatever it was, June 14th. And so my flight was booked. I landed morning of the 13th, I think. Yeah. What, mate, I want to ask you, like, <clears throat> what, what, what were you expecting? Because I think that's important for. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of the challenge or, yeah, or Dubai? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want, mate. <laughs> um, I think as with most things I, I take on in life when I'm not quite sure what's going on, I, I just go with the flow. And I was in, I was living 
with you, wasn't it, for the first two weeks? So that was the sort of we have a laugh about the new coaches that come on who have to go through your initiation of of living with you. So we'd have probably been up from something stupid in the morning and spent a day in the gym and then driven out to here. And I remember just being amazed at the roads coming out because I'd never been to Alcudra before. And uh, I think even on the way out, we'd taken a wrong turning or something and it had changed already. And I was just looking around at all the construction and I was like, where are we going? I have no idea like what this is going to be like. And then I still don't know what Alcudra is at this point because we're only in the car park. So yeah, I'm probably wondering what the hell is going on and just dealing with meeting new people here and basically in my head, all I'm chanting to myself is don't get dropped. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, fun. When, when we stood in this, so this was sort of the starting lineup, wasn't it? When, yeah. When we, yeah. Was there anyone that maybe like, I mean, obviously you met all these people for the first time, but you must've been thinking something, something else, except don't get dropped. Don't get dropped. Uh, hand on heart, I can't remember. I definitely would have been thinking don't get dropped. But yeah, I would have met everyone here for the first time except for you. So I probably would have just been trying to work, work people out who is who. Um, getting an understanding of the kit that Dubai has instead of everywhere else in the world, which if you don't know what it's like to, to ride or coach in other areas of the world, not everyone has the best kit that you can buy. Um, so I, I was probably just looking around at that and, and figuring out what was going on. But I really can't remember much else in being in my mind apart from don't get dropped. <laughs> like maybe, uh, maybe you want to take us through the, the, the first loop. First loop, yeah. I can remember we set off quite a few of us. And I think I remember you saying, like, don't worry, we're not going to be this many of us for a while. But it was, um, it's quite, it would be quite interesting to be able to go through it again and have the first thoughts and first feelings of what Al Qudra brings because we take it for granted now. But it's really, we shouldn't forget we are riding in a desert and seeing sand dunes and the level of road and smoothness that we have is unparalleled to anywhere else in the world mm. and so to be able to go through that again and and think about it would be really interesting to do because we like i say we just take it for for granted now but i'm obviously there on the front chatting to rob um can't remember what about i think he was telling me about how much he loved teaching <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to never, get uh, hard to get dropped when you're on the front hey eh? yeah he'd never quit all that sort of thing i think jack must be on the front no, there's no way that Jack would be on the front, mate. There's no way. Because if he was on the back, he'd have been right on your wheel and he's not there. So he must be at the front. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, well, maybe then, cut him off here. God knows. <laughs> I can remember the sun going down and just thinking, this, this is crazy, you know, what, what we're in. And people, I was asking, you know, what's that? And it, oh, it's the solar park. And you see sort of, flashes of signs with distance markers and you think oh wow are we here or you have no sort of idea of where you are or what's going on and uh it was i remember the first loop being really really nice and chilled and i just sort of thought okay this is good like i'm definitely not going to get get dropped here and then we got back into the car park in pitch black for for transition for t1 if you like and then i kind of dawned on me i can remember thinking like okay shit now I have to run 50k and I hadn't run 50k in well over a year maybe two years because I was focusing on um 70.3 distance so I really just had to take it like step by step and we started we started off as a four I think didn't we mate you me Rob and Hills yeah yeah Hills was obviously dreaming and yeah. I was also starting to understand how you dealt, dealt with people who might have, might want to, I put this picture in cause this guy looks like he's crying. I don't, I don't think he was, but yeah, I was understanding, on. you know, people, people knew what the challenge was and some said they were just going to come and do a bike and some said they were going to try and do the whole thing. And it was like, just don't dwell on them. You know, people will achieve what they want to achieve and don't waste your time you know, trying to pull people around on these sort of challenges. 
because you've got to one like you've got to look after yourself and keep yourself in good spirits and and two it's a it's a, a challenge that everyone's doing off their own back and so it was interesting to see how that dynamic worked and obviously it really pulls people in who are very like positive and just want to keep trying so maybe i'll just do the first 10k and see how i am and then i'll do the next instead of just saying oh no i'm absolutely cooked i'm not doing it and um here's heidi and heidi because they were doing it as a run bike pair weren't they yeah well heidi jones was heidi jones was pregnant yeah so that's she, right. they stashed a bike somewhere and yeah they stashed a car somewhere i think and then they couldn't find it and then they lost it yeah, yeah. <laughs> classic <laughs> But it was amazing to me because I just saw that, all right, these guys want to be involved in the challenge and, and they've simply just found a way to be able to be involved. And they knew they were going to take all night to do it, but that didn't stop them in the slightest. And they were just going to go and do it. And it made me realize that what this challenge could grow to be because you can get involved in however way you want, yeah. which is obviously really good and the whole point of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, I have to remember... Cool. It was cool what, what they did. I think Heidi Armstrong's husband as well. Like there was quite a few people and, and, and we'll get to it in a, in, in a minute as well, but there's still quite a few people that year that kind of just did. Yeah. Just kind of knew where the track was. And I think there's a certain amount of responsibility there as well, mate. Like they knew where the track was. They kind of knew what they might be able to do and they just made a plan and just went and got on with it, which goes back to a little bit, the safety question that I answered earlier, like, it's not a race where there's support along the way, you know, if you, if you think you need, like we, to be honest, I'm, I, I was perhaps quite selfish. Like I had the ermine to drive my car so that we would always have water and that yeah. was the, you know, and, and other people had the same thing, which is cool. It shows a nice sense of responsibility and everyone just wants to go out and, and have a good time. Yeah. And like we saying about this quite a lot, recently because we've talked a bit about ultra but it transfers over to life so well because you're you have to organize yourself and like you know when the date's going to happen and you can start to, to prep and things it's always the case that people who haven't organized something and aren't expecting things to just be there always seem to have the worst time whereas everyone who had who has fun on these challenges does think a little bit ahead and, and organizes life a bit better really here this picture i'm obviously got a great tan because i'm fresh out of the uk summer <laughs> i can remember we'd set off as a four and i think i learned here about the one was the no talking rule and two was once your mate is called hills and he starts to drop don't worry about him <laughs> make him feel worse and make sure he drops quicker <laughs> Uh, it was actually the first time that 50k bike was the first time that hurls had ridden 50k on a bike he had my bike that didn't fit him my shoes that were two sizes too big and he just called me that afternoon he said what time do we start and i was like what are you talking about mate he goes yeah i'm coming i was like have you got a bike he goes no just bring me one and so literally i sort of brought him a bike and I said, are you good, mate? He goes, I'm fine. And, and yeah, he, he, I don't know how he stayed with us for the first bike. The first bike I think was like 33 or 34 average. So it was okay. Um, but then, yeah, this is what maybe about seven or eight K into the run. Yeah. It was obvious that he was a bit slow, but he had his camel back and, and he was cool. He was, he was so cool. happy. He was yeah. so happy. I remember him saying, yeah, just leave me boys. I'm really good yeah and off he went by which point i'm just like i don't know what's going on because i've just cycled the loop but i didn't really wasn't really paying attention and now i'm just running in complete pitch black and have no idea where or what i'm doing apart from still chanting to myself don't get dropped <laughs> but it's a really good time to to just get to know people at that point and just sit you know just obviously run but just listen and and find out because you know as much as we say no talking, we do chat a little bit, but it's not needless chat. It's, it's chat where you can learn some things, hopefully, or, or have a bit of a laugh. So I can remember just having a good time and, and just feeling happy with what was going on and yeah, comfortable that we were going to get around it. 
This was uh, this must have been around halfway of the run, I think. Best shot of his career, hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's uh, if if I actually paid him for image rights, he he definitely would be retired by now. He didn't negotiate <laughs> that contract very well. Sorry, boss. <laughs> this um this must have been around halfway, I think, or yeah. maybe a bit afterwards. I I think it is, mate. I think it's yeah. I think it's right out the back. Um, it's probably no. It's probably maybe only about twenty. 20k in i think it's just as you come to the up part that touches the pylons and then goes back down it's it's either there or it's in the basin yeah yeah um obviously put it in because you boys are both running with your elbows out (laughs) which isn't good but it was when rob started to battle a bit i think you're okay with the angle of your right fist i'm happy with it okay cool I think Rob started to battle here a little bit, and I, and it was for me. It was a, a time where I was wondering, okay, how do we deal with people dropping off or not dropping off? And um, I think I soon learnt the answer. Rob was obviously pretty experienced with doing things with you, and I remember him just saying, "All right, I'm going to slow down. You boys carry on." And there wasn't even a discussion or a question around it. He um, he knew the deal, and I remember you making sure that water was dropped for him and for Hills. I think every 5K or so. Can you remember what you said, mate? But I remember... That's what we tried to do. I mean, that's actually what makes the loop a little bit safer is that, I mean, obviously, we've got some head torches on, but I think we had them... They're not on at this stage. This is some light setup that, obviously, Carlin put. But the only real danger out there is is cars, crazy people driving around. But you you can kind of find your way. I've lost a few people out there, but... Generally, if you've got a little bit of a sense of direction, it's a loop. So, yeah, we just put water every 5K. I remember where we kind of, where we started to drop Rob, actually. And, and I think it was about, it was about 30K. And I think this is where it's a good point that you made, mate. Like, the people that you may be involved with and there's, like, Rob knew that if he kept running at the pace we we're running, he probably wouldn't make it to 40K because the pace was just putting his heart way too high and it would have just totally put him in the bin. And so instead of being a moron and keep going at that, he, he said, I just need to take it down. I don't know what it was, 20, 15, 20 seconds a K. And that was it. We said bye and there'll be water. And yeah, it was game on. Yeah, it was a smart move. Definitely a smart move. Can you remember what you were how you were feeling at that point, mate? Yeah, I, I really do, mate. I, I actually felt really good here. Um, and, and that's why I know it was about, it's about 30K. And I don't know, and, and I feel bad. It's just like we're bashing Rob. I, <laughs> I, I used his almost weakness to, to improve my position mentally. So we didn't change the pace at all. I wasn't happy that we dropped him, but I I tried to, in a selfish way, I didn't say anything to him. And that's why I don't want this to come across bad. But I was like, oh, wow, we've dropped him. I feel good. Like, and I I felt really good here. Um, And and that's when I think we said to each other, mate, I think we were just coming out up, up, up the hill and we sort of looked and we're like, we we'll do this under five hours if we give it a nudge. And when you're coming up that hill, there's what, like 20K to go, just under maybe 18K to go. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's give it a nudge. And then we did. And then you get to the mosque. <laughs> and then it, it kind of, <coughs> it kind of all, um, yeah, then it starts to change a bit. I mean, you've done 40K, right? And, and we were running a negative split and we were trying to get in under, under five hours. And, you know, yeah. So this was, this, and that's why actually I like this picture for, for a number of reasons. Um, and because it brings back some pretty good memories. Feeling good and Rob not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, watch it first. 
So that's near the mosque, or just after, I think. Yeah, I think we've got... I, I actually think it's about 5K, 5K to go, mate, because I wasn't running at that speed just after the mosque. Um, Was yeah. there a time one of us dropped and then got back on was there or mate i actually i i dropped just before the mask by about 200 meters i think you were about 200 meters ahead of me and i actually remember pretty much what happened i i i about a k before the mask i went to open a pack of dates and the plastic cut through my finger and i was annoyed at myself that i'd done it and I just lost focus for about a K. And literally, I don't think you were trying to drop me. I, I, it just happened. And I was about, yeah, I was about 200 meters back. And that's when I realized I was like, shit, I've got, I got 10 K to go. I really need to dig in for the next sort of 5 K. And then I can just ride this thing home. And that's when one of the, one of the local boys rocked up and, and, and got, this, um, got this video for us. Put the tunes on, didn't he? Yeah, he put some tunes on and like 5K. And it, it's quite good. We actually both look like quite decent runners in this video. I'm, wow, I'm, I'm, strong claim. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, don't get dropped for the whole night and then suddenly thinking, don't drop your new boss. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, but I think that's the thing as well that, you know, I think there has to be that understanding that sometimes you need you need a little bit of time on your own. And there's, I think when you're obviously in, in cycling, if you, if you drop off from the pack, there's a, there's a, you are losing a lot because you're not getting the draft, but <coughs> excuse me, in running like that could be just back off the pace a little bit could stop you from going in a hole. And then, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't know if you slowed down, but again, I think it's just, you don't have to run in each other's pocket for the whole time. You need to cycle in each other's pockets, but you don't need to run in each other's pockets. And, you know, if you're having a little bit of a moment, sometimes the worst thing is to be around people, especially if people ask you if you're okay. It's like, dude, <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> like, best question ever, isn't it? Like foaming from the mouth, bleeding everywhere. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> it's just like, why did you even say something? <laughs> anyway, we've got about 5K to go here. Yeah. I think we're in good shape for 5K to go and a 50K bike to still do. Jack's back in town here. I think he must have yeah, waited for I, us, didn't he? So I know what's happening here. So Jack's here again. Uh, not running this time, but Jack was training for a bike race, an ultra race. Yeah, um, biking man, biking man, oh man, wasn't it? No, he'd done biking man, oh man, ah. and he was going to go to he was going to go to Taiwan or something. So he he'd actually ridden through the night. He was trying to do about three hundred k's, and yeah. he came back to us for the last loop as did this absolute psychopath in yellow on the front <laughs> and his two other mates at the back that rocked yeah. up. I, what, I got the time. They, we, we left the car park at like 10 to 2. So these guys came out at, at 10 to 2 in the morning to, to pull us round on the, uh, on, on the second 50, which was... And it, was uh, it was Ramadan again, wasn't it? It was the last day of Ramadan. Yeah. Last day, mate. Yeah. That was, I remember that being insane, that, that 50K. I remember setting off and thinking, well, there's no way this is being held. And then, yeah, working, just we, we just worked as one, didn't we, on, uh, on the front and then took our turns. But that yeah. final straight coming back, that's the old Al-Qudra Road that used to go straight off the track into the car park. Now it goes around the back of yes. Zad's, but it used to go in front. And that last 10K was by far one of the most I've ever suffered on that, on that bike track. Cause those, those local boys just wouldn't stop. They were just doing turn after turn after turn. And yeah. I remember that they feeling of legs for, just being gone. They came literally for a 50K time trial to ride us into the ditch and yeah. I mean, mate, I think we did fair turns for about 40K 
I think we were doing like a, a minute or 90 seconds each and they were, we we're pulling at the same speed. So you and I had run 50 and whatever, and that was no excuse. And it was just like, we're out for, for, for a time trial. But then again, I, I don't know what it is from, from that mosque, like the last 10 K is just, it was just brutal. And I think, I think when we got to the mosque, I don't know, are you, yeah, you're in second, Jack's in third and I'm in fourth then. I'm not sure if I did another turn. I was just absolutely cooked and it was, it was lightning quick and dark as well. So for those of you that haven't ridden a lot in a group, like there's a little bit of skill to it and, and, and it's obviously quite dangerous if you, if you touch the wheels or if you're close and you have to be well organized. And when it's pitch black, it just adds another, yeah, it was another dimension of mayhem. It was wild. It is. I also think the darkness gives you unreal focus though. Yeah. Everything else is blocked out. Yeah. Talk us through this one, mate. <laughs> yeah, I was, mate, I was finished. I was absolute toast. I, it's probably one of the hardest I've ridden my bike. I was crucified. And these, put pr in, these pricks were taking pictures. Look yeah. Baby Chino. <laughs> and we were eight minutes faster there on the last bike after riding, after running 50K as well. That's right. Well, that yeah. shows the effort that it was. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. 30, 37.5 average after we've just run 50K. Yeah, anyway, that was that. <laughs> yeah, I can remember how I felt afterwards, obviously tired and stuff, but I remember just being absolutely wired for days afterwards, thinking how we could do better, where we could be better, you know, all the, all the questions you ask yourself after a race. I remember thinking and couldn't believe how just a challenge that we'd just shown up and done could feel the way you do after you've raced something. Yeah, I think I've been thinking about that a lot the last couple of days, mate, and, and thinking that we're, get, we're going to talk about this. And I actually had some quite interesting conversations with people as well that, you know, we had it at the start of COVID-19 lockdown. Oh, my race is cancelled. And it's like, yeah, but in a few months, Al-Qudra will open. And I'm not saying what we did was amazing, but I was proud of it and, 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 and how we did it. And that's probably the hardest I pushed on the bike. I don't know. Like, you can, you can really create some decent, like we were saying last week, you can create some decent challenges and you can create some pretty decent situations for yourself just out there yeah for sure so we both had a very good 2018 into the darkness yeah 2019 looked a little bit different yeah this thing kind of grew a bit eh? <clears throat> yeah i love looking at this picture because yeah it's so good to see how much and what i like is how many people got involved again like heidi and heidi did in the first year but how many people did their own version of 50 50 50 as yeah. teams, as pairs, or maybe just doing an ultra. I think Christoph just ran 50K round, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Or did he do a I, bit more? I think there's a few call-outs here, mate. Christoph definitely. Alejandro ran his first ultra, uh, marathon and ultra. And uh, Big Jock, he'd literally been with us for a couple of months. I think he, yeah. ran, he rode like 100, 150K. I probably missed some people there, but yeah, there was all kinds of, and it, it, it's like you said, mate, it's a similar thing. Actually, there's, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, there's loads of different stories in, in, in that one picture. And again, of people that just rocked up and said, yeah, we'll, we'll just do, this is what we're going to do. We're a team, we're this, we're that. And it's, it's incredible. It really is. I was happy because I got the, uh, the wolf out and the head of Frankie's, Mr. Mark Shepard. Yeah, that's who I was actually just looking at to see who is that next year. It's Wolfie, isn't it? Maybe he thought he could sell a bike to all those people. Yeah. At this point, I had one thing on my mind, and that was to drop this German right here. <laughs> you weren't doing it, mate, were you? I can't remember why. Hey, I, just, I got, I got pretty sick. 
I think I got Corona about 10 days before. You had, and, you had the uh, Rona 1.0. Yeah, the 1.0 version. And literally, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And um, yeah, there's Alejandro down the bottom. Abdul was there as well. He did 50K. Oh, no, that was, that was actually the following week. This was um, the week after when you did it. Yeah. And then, yeah, mate, I, I was not there. I was, I was not feeling good. So I was like, I'll just help everyone out. So I was the support vehicle that day. And then this was a week later, wasn't it? Once you were better and you had the local boys who were with us last year yeah. and their mates. Yeah. Two, two weeks later, I think I'd, I'd got better. Oh, there's Rickson. He's in there. This is when Alejandro did his actually. And yeah, all sorts. The guys on Rickson's left, they're all just a relay team that just bowled up and wanted to do it. And there was all sorts of going on. Yeah. Rob Scott. <laughs> runs for 24 hours so this was back to my attempt the week before and it was absolute chaos from the start i don't know what i'd had before it was definitely some sort of caffeine but rob loves telling the story because he i think he didn't even make the first corner of al Qudra, and I, I set off like an absolute time trial and um my goal was to purely blow the group apart and see who could stick around on it. And you but were in mate, the car, weren't you, mate? Driving alongside. Right, but mate, nobody else in this group was going to run and then ride again. <laughs> and I'm driving the car, trying to take a video and do it. I actually had Gabby in the car and I'm driving the car down the back of Al Qudra at like 50 Ks an hour, getting as close as I can to you guys, trying to record a video Gabby's having a heart attack, shouting, go Wolfie, go Wolfie. <laughs> He's about to get dropped. And I'm like, mate, none of these guys are running. Why are you killing yourself? Because I would have been sat at the back, just relaxed. It was just like, it was something different, mate. I don't know what got into you. I, I was in a weird mind frame because I'd, this was a, a few months after South Africa. I was injured in my Achilles. That's and right. so... I, I remember thinking this is just like, I just need to go all in and then whatever happens, happens. And, th and this was, I think a week after this was when I got a coach. I signed on with a, a new coach because I was obvious I was just going to do myself more and more damage. And I, I just remember I only had one goal on my mind and it was just to go as fast as I could for the whole time. I think I remember thinking I wanted to be nearer to four hours than five for the run and the bike, I was going to hold my... Um, my 70.3 power which I did for the first for the first bike and only Wolfie the only guy I really wish I dropped was the only guy who stayed with me until the end and he would come past me and do a try and do a turn and I'd let him sit there for about 15 seconds and then just cruise past him and, and carry on as <laughs> as I was he was in bad shape wild. he was in very bad shape <laughs> absolutely wild first first bike you regret that no nah, not at all it was good fun really good, good fun good answer this was colin who was doing his first was it his first 50k i think mate for like yeah he hadn't ridden his bike for well you can have a look at him for a while yeah um, yeah it was his goal to do 50 wasn't it yeah it was it's like, it was quite nice that while murder was going on elsewhere, people were like just doing really cool challenges that they'd taken off, they'd done off their own back. They hadn't been told to do it. They just wanted to come and join in. I think that's always so cool to see. And on the left is Zoe and Tall Man in the Desert. And I'd ask Zoe if she would want to do the full 50-50-50 and she, she did. And yeah. she was only one of two people to finish the full thing that amazing. year here, here in Rob Jones. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. So maybe talk us through that, mate, after a uh, time new, new Strava segment record on the bike. <laughs> there you go. One fourteen was my 50 K time for that first, first bike. And then it was real touch and go. I remember just thinking, I don't know what the Achilles is going to do. Um, oh, I'd had a swim that morning as well. I was going to say, were you swimming in one of the lakes as a warm-up? <laughs> this would be my morning set. Um, and I wasn't, wasn't really happy because 
I, I looked my, I remember my Achilles twinging within the first 10 K and then it went and I was like, Holy shit, I'm feeling great and had no issues. I can remember, I think running out of water at one point, you had the task of dropping off cool boxes to people and it just must've been a nightmare. And I ran out of water, I think, but didn't want to stop. So carried on going. And then one of our ultra guys had set off as we'd set off on the bike and I caught him up. Um, I think around the 20 K mark and I stopped and walked with him for a little bit. And that I remember being the sort of the beginning of my end. And then when I started to run again, I felt my Achilles start to pull and I knew then, okay, this isn't going to happen, but I couldn't just stop. I just don't know why I felt, felt weird. And it's just one of those things we have as endurance athletes. I think like numbers have to make sense to me in order to, to stop. And I remember just thinking, okay, mate, just get to 30K. Like you haven't run past 10 in however many months. I think that last, that trail race or that on, that on thing that we did was the last time I'd run a few weeks before. Yeah. And so I just got to 30Ks and stopped and you were there. And I said, oh, my Achilles is no good. I'll, um, I'll just keep, keep going on. And then I remember you just going, well, mate, there's no point. You're done. Get in the back. And I just sat in the back of the car sulking for the rest of the night. <laughs> awesome. Good night. <laughs> yeah. So, and then Rob carried on and, and uh, yeah, only him and Zoe finished it. And I put in his, his numbers there. So he, uh, he did really well because this is all on his own. I think he, um, <laughs> he just cracked on and, and got it done, which is what it's all about. I was definitely in the wrong mind frame to be, uh, to be doing an ultra that, that day. I just wanted to absolutely murder myself and go as quick as I could. And it was never going to happen with the, the state that my body was in, but we all have to have these lessons. Right. And this is why we do these challenges is to learn, learn about ourselves. So, it, you know, in hindsight, it was a really good lesson to get. Any uh, any regrets that you got in the car? No, no. I remember the pain I was in, and I had swelling, and I remember the the. Well, I know going through the the rehab for it for the next three four months, it was the right thing to do. I think if I'd been out the next day running, then it would have been the wrong thing. But I didn't run for a, for a while after it, so it was probably a smart decision. It's never ideal tearing a hamstring and going for a run the next day, is it? <laughs> it's not easy decisions to make with things like that. And I always sympathize with, with people who have to make them because, you, you know, it's, it's really difficult to, when you're in this sort of environment that we do create and that we, we're proud of, to, to stick your hand up and, and say, you know, I can't finish this or I am injured you always think people are going to look at you as being soft. The fact is if you are injured and you can't finish something and you're okay with that and you own it and you've, you know, in your mind, there's nothing you can do or it's really silly to carry on, then you shouldn't care what anyone else is thinking or is going to say about you. You need to look after yourself and you need to look after your body and only you can make that call. So it's, it's a hard thing to go through, but everyone will go through it at some point. This was your bike leg, mate. You uh, you had the pack with you at the top, and it actually seems like you're doing some work here. Mate, it's unbelievable. These little wankers turned up and made me work the whole way around. <laughs> I called them to pull me around because I knew that I'd definitely be doing the second loop on my own, and I'd be running on my own. And I, actually, in both of these pictures, I'm on the front. That's just obscene. Um, yeah, and, mate, I was, I, I, as we said there, I was a couple of weeks later and... Me and Rob weren't there. Oh, no, I wasn't there. Rob was. You weren't there. I think you, you were in Europe or something. And Rob said, yeah, I'll come and, I'll come and drive for you. There he there is. He is. And then, uh, yeah, Otten turned up, which anyone that was here last week, don't worry. I didn't need the sunscreen. It's all good. <laughs> we were... Uh, 
We were good, mate. So yeah, those boys gave me a, a, a pretty reasonable haul around for the first 50K. And actually I felt pretty good. I was just, it, it, it was one of those nights that I was incredibly thirsty, although I, I drunk a lot. And I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. And in the car park, in transition, I, I drunk, I like, I drunk a, a small bottle of San Pellegrino. I should have stuck to Volvo, okay. And, um, <laughs> and it just, yeah, it, it, I don't know if it was that, but it, it, it sort of sat funny in my gut. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. And we started running, me and Owen. And again, I, I actually, I told him I didn't want to talk because this thing was in my stomach and it's just a bit weird. And he's like, that's fine. He, he, he understood and sort of cracked out and I was like, oh, I'll just push out 5k and then see how, how it's going. And I think I got to three and I, told, I said to him, mate, I said, I, I just need to stop and I need to drink something. And when I drank it, I basically spewed it up. I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. And he's like, <laughs> Otten asks if you're okay. He knows it. He's like, you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm actually fine, mate. And so I kept on running. And a few K later, it happened again. And then I could literally run for 2K. And I'd end up like this picture on the floor. And yeah, the stats are pretty shit. Look at them. I did 17K in two hours, 42, which included shitting myself, spewing, laying fetal on the track, whatever you want it was yeah and holly came out and <laughs> this is where sometimes having your wife around is not or someone that actually cares about you as opposed to all you bastards that don't give a shit about suffering <laughs> um you, i could see the look on her face as i was crapping my pants and yeah it was it was just a mess i i really don't know what happened and like we'd do a k Otten was still with me and fair play, you know, he'd run almost three hours for less than 20K, not a great investment in time. And um, we'd done like a K and I was like, I thought this is going real good. And the next minute I'm fetal and he's like, shit, mate, I thought we we're doing pretty good there. And he's just, in the end, he was just laughing at me. And I was like, far out. And he said to me, he said, do you think you can finish this, mate? And I said, yeah, of course I can finish it. And then he said, yeah, I think you can. He said, but I don't think you should. I was like, oh, I'm not listening. I'm not listening to this guy. <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying the wrong things. And I got up off the floor and I started running again. Stinking. It was gross. He was not running near me. It was horrible. And um, I thought to myself, it's similar to what I think you said something before there, Tom. And I was like, I, I, I know I can finish this, but, and then I sort of thought, why do I want to finish it? And then I was like, well, I need to finish it because I need to be a good example to people. And I've come out here and I need to, you know, I need to set an example that we can set out and we can do a challenge and, and we can finish it. And I remember, I don't know if it was like my whatever brain or don't have one, but something in my mind just went, what are you talking about, you dickhead? Like six months ago, you ran 30 marathons. No one gives a shit if you can finish this. If, if your body's broken, just get in the car. And I was like, it was almost like someone had spoken to me and I carried on running and I had this thing with, with Otten. I was like, we'd, we'd be in trouble. I'd be on the floor and I'd tell him, I'd say, mate, I'll, we'll just get to the next, to the car. And at this point, the car was going every 2K. I said, we'll just get to the car. And I did this basically from like 3K. He's like, mate, you've said you're just going to get to the car. Because I'd get to the car. I'd have a little bit of water, sip it, belch or something else would happen. And then I'd be like, let's go again. He said, the next time you get to the car, that's it. And I was like, I said, okay, mate. 
I said, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to go running. And fair play, he ran 50K and I got in the car at 17.8 and it's the smartest thing I could have done. I was, I was crap for a few days. I don't know what happened. Something in my, in my guts, it passed and that's it. It'll happen. The challenge will happen this year and it'll be all good unless that happens to my gut. But I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the first, one of the first things I sort of pulled out of in a while, but I was actually very relaxed with it. I was just like, yeah, it's here. It wasn't the right day. The, the, and that's one thing when Otten was saying about you'll finish it and then what'll happen to your body. And he said, you just don't need to, he said, you can do this. Everyone knows you can do it. You know, you can do it. He said, you're actually, you're setting a better example. If you, if you listen to what your body's saying and you mature enough and you stop and I stopped yeah my shit story (laughs) it's um it is it's true though like when you look back at things how it plays out in the end if you've done it for the right reasons you always get a reward for it no matter what i remember for mine i stayed up at al-qudra until the last person came in which was 4 30 in the morning and i just wanted to prove to myself that i wasn't i hadn't just thrown my toys out the pram and was going home you know i was like i was going to be here anyway so i'm staying and I got to watch Zoe finish. I got to watch Rob finish. Um, I remember Boz was doing it as part of a team. And her other two team left. They said, oh, we're done at like 2 a.m. And she rode with someone else. I can't remember who it was. But said, oh, fuck yeah. it, I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm not going to stop. And I was just like, that is what it's all about. And yeah, I can remember that feeling, like satisfying feeling of, of being the last person to leave Al-Qudra car park, having gone through a, a really big failure in my eyes, but actually, like at the end of it, just feeling really good from it because you're doing it for the right reasons. You know, you're not, you're never pulling out of something for the, because you want to spite yourself. You're, you're only ever doing it because of what you're feeling at the time. Yeah. I think it's the hardest thing to try and explain, like, I think you've tried to explain it twice now. I've tried to explain it once, especially, you know, we sit here with a t-shirt that says no weakness on it. And everyone's like, how do you put those two things together? And like, no one wants to, no one wants to lose. No one wants to go into a race, but, and, and, and not finish it. You know, no one wants to do a challenge. This, to be honest, as we spoke about last week, like these challenges to me are bigger and better than some races, you know, that's why I do these and train harder for these and push harder in these but there comes a point where and this i really learned this in in this in in this challenge you know in 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 july august there in july actually it was you know it just really sometimes you do have to <laughs> do what we tell everyone to do and really listen to to your body and make really tough decisions that in the in the moment like make you feel like shit but i don't I don't regret anything, but I don't regret that for like, I never looked back on it. I've never looked back once and thought I should have kept on going. You know, it took two hours, 42 minutes to figure out that I needed to stop. It wasn't a a quick decision, but I think they're the hardest decisions for, for, for a human being to make and to be totally happy with. And I think there's a lot of difference in that than, you know, giving up on a turbo session because it hurts a little bit, but your heart rate's only at 140 and you're not even at 80% of your FTP yet, you know, and that's the data that we can see straight into. But yeah, it's, it's tough to put the two together. And hopefully for anyone who's still here listening and when we play it out again, hopefully that helps. And that's why we wanted to, it's fun talking about how it, how it all started and stuff and, and, and what the challenge is, but the real objective of this, talk was to sort of try and put over a couple of points around when shit does go wrong and you don't quite make it to the other side because that happens as well 100 percent. any questions guys feel free to unmute or stick in the chat we should give a big shout out charlie is yeah. little charlie who's in 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 the chat now he just rode his first marathon this morning Three hours, 33 minutes, 15 years old, zero weakness. Not sure what dad did. Dad went for a math run. (laughs) 
Yeah, well done, Charlie, mate. That's solid. Really solid. Any questions? Everyone wants us to go eat our dinner. Yeah, I understand that as well. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. It's a wrap. All right. Thanks for coming along, guys. We will see you at other points through the week. There will be 50-50-50 this year, socially distanced, but I'm pretty sure by the time it gets hot enough to do this challenge, which will be July, we'll be the cycle track will be open. So if anyone's thinking, yes, game on. And you can, anyone who's in here can do it. What's the girl's record? No idea. Check Zoe's training peaks. Yeah, I'll have to check Zoe's training peaks and let you know, Pops. I think yep. she's the only one to have done it completely. Correct. She is. Apart from Rob Jones. Joking. He's just not here to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you guys being here. Have an awesome evening tomorrow. We'll see you.